So Money episode 850, Casanova Brooks, real estate expert and author of Real Estate, Play the Game Like the Winners. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. If you were to fail, you have to ask yourself, what's the worst that can happen? And for me, when I ask myself that question, what's the worst that can happen? I lay out all the things, but it's like, can you bounce back from this? Our guest today is Casanova Brooks, a young man who battled cancer in his teens, lost his home, lost his job, and experienced the death of his mother all within the span of one week. Hitting rock bottom, he says, gave him the confidence to take on new challenges, take on a growth mindset, and rebuild his life. Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Today is one of those episodes where you're just going to hear the most inspiring story of a man who persevered and now only at the ripe age of 31 has completely rebuilt his life. Casanova today is a successful real estate expert. Get this, he locked in 46 real estate deals in his first year as an agent. And this was while working in a new city. He had no family, no friends, no network. His outlook on life has awarded Casanova invitations to speak all over the world. He's also the author of the book, Real Estate, Play the Game Like the Winners. We're going to talk about the steps he took after hitting rock bottom, his take on real estate these days, is this a buyer's market, a seller's market, and how to evaluate risk in your financial life. Here is Casanova Brooks. Casanova Brooks, welcome to So Money. I love saying your name. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. My mom definitely did me a favor. Yeah. And... Man, is she proud of you looking up from up above. I mean, gosh, you have done quite well for yourself in just four years. Um, we're going to go back in time a little bit on this uh, interview because I want to share kind of the breadth of your journey with our listeners and just how impressive, how impressively you've gone about um, building your career, building yourself back up. But I know that with your mom passing four years ago, that was a real turning point for you. And it was within a week where you lost your mom, you lost your home, you lost your job. Fast forward to today, you know, you're an award-winning real estate uh, broker, agent. You are a speaker, a sought-after speaker. You're doing tons of media. You've written a book, real estate, play the game like the winners. And you're at the ripe age of 31. Um, <laughs> I'm celebrating my last year of my 30s. How do you feel right now with given all that you've accomplished in a short period of time? Yeah, well, thank you for the introduction, first off. And I would say that I feel like the weight of the world's on me. I think once you have it in your mind, once you have it in your heart that you really just want to impact the masses and you want to be the best version of you, um, you it's it's very hard to, to sleep a little bit. It's very hard to rest, I should say. You know, so each and every day, I'm just trying to figure out how I can be a better version of myself and how I can keep pushing myself to go forward because I do have two small children. Um, 
and my son is now just about to turn eight years old. So every day, you know, he's in that stage where he's watching what I'm doing rather mm-hmm. than what I'm saying. And so I got to make sure that each day I go hard because I heard a, somebody said to me one time and they said, you know, if your wife and your children could follow you around for one day at the end of that day, whatever time that you shut it down, what would they say about the way that you conduct your day? What would they say about your work ethic? And so every day I try to keep that into my mind. Like if my son followed me around one day, which he has obviously, but just to say, wow, dad is really going after it. Or is it like, hey, is this really what you do? Then I could just go play Fortnite all day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, you know, you're someone who has um, proven time after time to really um, excel despite adversity. You know, you had cancer when you were 15 and you spent two years fighting that and eventually went into remission. So happy about that. Um, Thank you. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing quite like a health scare, right? To put life in perspective. Absolutely. And so for me, it was it was different and difficult as well, because growing up, I was never one to ever be sick. I never had the chicken pox, measles, anything like that. So at 15, when all of a sudden you're playing sports and one day you just find yourself not being able to breathe and you're constantly taking these naps and you're an active boy or even girl, that's something that's definitely scary on its own. And so when the doctors had, you know, told my, my mom and grandma that, hey, it was more serious and they were going to ship us off to another university, um, my, my parents were like, hey, what's going on? And they were like, well, we think it might be you know, cancer. And from there, it was like, whoa. And and I didn't really understand the severance of, you know, having cancer. You all hurt. You always hear the word. But for me, I hadn't lost anyone that was that close to me. And I just wasn't really aware of what that meant. But obviously, over those next two years, through going through lots of treatments and lots of tests and things like that, and uh, and really not being able to be as active and as social as I wanted to be during my golden days of high school, it, it really took, you know, me leveling up mentally to understanding what I was going through, but understanding as well that it can all be taken any given day from you. So you have Mm -hmm. to live each day to the fullest. Do you think that's part of what has fueled you to to be so successful? I mean, you in the first year that you turned to real estate as your like your career path. And this was after kind of doing a bit of soul searching. You you kind of embarked on real estate. You locked in 46 deals in that first year in Omaha. And you were just telling me before we were live that uh, the average number of deals for a rookie real estate agent is like one or two in the first year. You did 46, which is like almost one a week. And, and, you know, I already listed off all of your other incredible accomplishments. And I wonder the catalyst for all of that perhaps was, you know, the, the near death experience as a cancer survivor at age 15. And then it was losing your mom. And by the way, your house and your job in a short period of time. Um, do you also, so how, there is a logic to this a little bit, right? Like that happened to you. And of course you could have just, sulks, right? You could have just like been someone who like wallowed in their misery, but you turned that around for yourself. And do you feel like that was really the the tailwind for you? Yeah. So I would say that for me, 
I always, when I get into something, I'm, I'm always thinking to myself that I want to be the best version of me in this thing that I could do. Right. So it's always, rather than having so many fears, I always just want to know, can I hit the unknown or the unthinkable? And as you were talking about, you know, a lot of people say you got to have patience and four years is not a lot of time. But for me, I know that right now I'm someone where my motor runs 120 miles an hour. And I pride myself on that. But I always, think to myself, you know, at some point this will slow down. So I got to be able to make sure that I give it all that I got. So one day I don't look back and I have any regret. So when I first got into the business real estate, the reason why I got into real estate was because I wanted to be the Lord of my land. Coming from where I come from, my family never owned businesses, never owned cars, and they definitely never even owned their own homes. So we were moving apartment to apartment, but I came across, you know, a video and they were like, you got to figure out how to be the Lord of your land. You got to figure out how you can change the trajectory for the people that are going to come behind you. And so that was a big deal for me. And I just seen that like life was just going so fast. And what did I really have to show for it? Everyone had said, you know, you got a lot of potential, but I didn't have a blueprint. And I just wanted to live up to the expectations of my mom. I wanted to live up to the expectations of anybody who believed in me. And so I just figured I would go as hard as I could at anything that I was doing to prove that it's it's possible. And I, I didn't want to use not having financial backing or any type of resources as a crutch. I just I, I wanted to, to go hard and show. And at the end of the day, I think while I get a lot of praise about the real estate, it's really a real estate is a people business. And that's what I love mm-hmm. about it. For my whole life, I've just always tried to focus on building meaningful and effective relationships. If you build the right type of relationships and you have accountability and you communicate well, people know that they can depend on you and you can be successful in anything. Um, So that's what I've always just tried to focus on. And I believe that that's really the foundation of how I've been able to build what I've built today. You're absolutely right about that. I mean, if you're at the end of the day, really good at building relationships and connecting with people and nurturing relationships, you can sell real estate, you can sell clothing, you can you can sell anything because people right. trust you, right? It's that implicit trust that comes with not letting people down time and time again. You sold 46 pieces of real estate in a year. I kind of want to dissect this. I want to unpack this a little bit because how? How did you do that? You're one person... And was this like a, I mean, was there a hack to doing this? Was it like a block of units in an apartment building? Was it one buyer who bought from Russia who bought like 20 units? Like what happened? How do you, what do you credit to the, 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 the magnanimity of all of those sales other than of course your charm? Thank you. Well, no, I did no multifamily deals. There was no, um, the, the, the only time that I was doing multiple deals with the same buyer is if somebody was listing a property and, um, buying another property. But other than that, no one client that I had in that year did more than two deals, I would say. And even with the investors that I was working with, which, which were friends that turned, you know, investors because they wanted to get into real estate after, you know, we'd sit down and I, 
I would tell them, you know, the value is in owning the land and owning the real estate. So then they bought a couple properties with me. And that's what I would say. But how I did it was really just focusing on branding and focusing on showing up every single day. Now, what I mean by that is when you first get into the business of real estate, there's no training. So for anywhere that you go, when you first get your license, what they teach you with getting your license in any real estate school for becoming a real estate agent is how to not go in front of the real estate commission in any state or any local city, whatever it is. So then once you get your license, you're like, oh my God, well, what do I do now? And that's why so many people, the National Association of Realtors, uh, which is NAR, it's the the big, um, I I guess, association that's that's, um, with real estate agents. But anyway, they said that 87% of all new real estate agents get out of the business within just five years of getting their license, right? And so the reason why is because there's no training, there's no support. Even if you just go to a big brokerage like a Keller Williams or a Berkshire Hathaway or any of those brokerages, there's so many agents in there and and so many people are just moving so fast that you're like, I don't want to be a burden to any of these people. I'll try to figure it out. But that's why a lot of people, they don't go full time into real estate. They kind of do the part-time things so they can allow it to build up over time. But that's very tough to do because when other agents, it's easy for agents to go at you if you're a part-time agent because they can tell a seller or even a buyer like, hey, do you want someone who's handling your most prized and biggest investment to be part-time or do you want somebody to truly knows the market? So for me, what I was doing every single day was I was trying to line up as many coffee and lunches as I could with anybody and everybody who would sit down with, with me because I didn't know anyone in the city. So I was sitting down with bankers. I I was sitting down with anyone at networking events. I was sitting down with anyone who had influence. And I thought that maybe even if that person was not buying a home or selling a home in the next 30 to 60 days, they probably knew somebody. And so again, that just came with me telling people, hey, here's the excitement that I have for this business. Here's what I'm doing right now. And then on the back end, it was really a lot about the branding that I was doing. And what I mean by that is the average, I want to say the average real estate agent just here in Omaha is probably a around like 47, 48 years old across the country. I would say it's probably around, you know, 50, 51. Now it's getting younger, but those agents aren't really utilizing social media. So just think back three to four years ago, a lot of them didn't want to utilize social media and some of them still aren't. So for me, every time I got someone who bought a house or even and sold a house with me. I was taking pictures with them and they were happy to do so for me because of how hard I worked. And so every time you would get on the Facebook, if we're just friends or even Instagram or Snapchat, you would see these pictures with someone with the sold sign with Casanova Brooks and his name and his company on it. So after a while, it just became like social proof. And then I started to get more messages from people saying, hey, I see you're selling up everything in the city. Would you you know, be willing to come give me a CMA on my home or would you be willing to grab coffee with me so you could teach me, you know, what I need to do to be in a position to buy a home in the next 30, 60, 90 days. And from there, it just kept compounding and I just kept showing how excited that I was. I love that. Leveraging a, a tool that maybe your competitors aren't using yet 
Um, that's really smart. And uh, Instagram, I know uh, we have had guests on this show like Ryan Serhant, right, from Million Dollar Listing and some of the other you know, stars from that from those Bravo shows. But truly, they, they are hustling. They are out there trying to sell every day. They, mm-hmm. they are true real estate agents and they are all big on social media. Um, before it was really the the normal thing to do. Now everybody's on social media, but you were ahead of the curve and that paid off. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, Gary Vee talks about this a lot and just you know, where you have to have an audience and you have to follow where the attention is. You know, nowadays more people are going to Zillow, more people are going to realtor.com, all these different sites and they're watching YouTube videos and they really just want to know whether you're working with them on the investor side or you're working with them on the primary home side. They want to know that they have somebody who's one going to work hard but two knows what they're doing. And the only way that you can show that in today's world because everything's speeding up is to have videos out there, to have content out there, to be able to even just give them a, a, some sense of direction, you know, and then they can say, hey, you know, I loved what you said in that last video. Here's my scenario. Would you be able to give me a little bit more, you know, um, information on, on how you think that I can win? And when you do that, I think that you will win in the end because you've helped serve somebody else. You also have Casanova TV which is great. Another way for you to get out there. Um, I have to ask you, because you're based, are you still in Omaha? I am still in Omaha, yeah. Have you ever run into Warren Buffett at the grocery store? So I have not. I have a lot of connections to him. So a lot of people who I'm very close with are, are close to him. But no, I've never run into Warren yet. Actually, I take that back. So I've never run into him in like a grocery store or a lot of people have just seen him in like Dairy Queen or because he has his (laughs) his spots that he just frequent all the time. You never know when he's going to be there, but it's crazy. And a lot of people I've talked to have been like, yeah, I've just seen him at Dairy Queen. He was sitting in the back reading a paper and then he goes to a couple other spots and he never has like any big time security or anybody around him. But two years ago, they were doing the Berkshire Conference and uh, I was there and, and he was there and I actually wound up getting a selfie with him, but I, it was really in passing, right? Like he, and then I'll have to find it and send it to you at some point. But yeah, I was literally two feet away from him, but I got a selfie. It looks like, you know, we're in the picture together, but he was just in passing and I just happened to be in the right place at the right oh time. Gosh. But not You'll get yet. there. you get there. Yeah. I'm sure I will. You know, he listens to this podcast. No, I'm totally kidding. Um, he might. He might. Maybe. I would actually like to know what, if he does listen to podcasts and which ones he does. Um, I'd love to get him on this podcast. If anybody knows anybody who knows Warren Buffett, let me know. Well, I got a couple friends. So again, uh, All right. I got a couple friends that are in close contact with him. Um, <laughs> so I'll see what I can do for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, Casanova, tell me this. Uh, what is your financial resolution? This is a question brought to us by our sponsor, Chase. We want to know, do you have anything on your to-do list that has to do with money in 2019? Yeah, absolutely. So it's really getting out of debt 100% completely. And what I mean by that is uh, I think that 
all debt is not bad debt. So when you're using debt to be able to leverage and buy investments or buy assets that are going to produce, like, I don't think that that's bad debt, but then you have depreciating debt. And so for me, um, I, I bought a vehicle and this vehicle is almost paid off, but I want to make sure that by the, the end of the year, um, this vehicle will be a hundred percent paid off. And then my wife has student loan debt. So going into 2020, if we have absolutely no debt, that that is a depreciating asset debt. So bad debt, in my opinion only, right? Mm-hmm. If, as long as I'm out of all of that debt, I think that that will be a great feat for me. And I believe that is definitely accomplishable because we've already took a, a, a big chunk at it um, or a big hack at it this year already. What do you think about real estate in 2019? There have been... Uh, you know, there there have been predictions of a recession this year. And of course, with interest rates rising, that's never necessarily positive for the for the strength of the real estate market as people can't buy as much home and then they once could. So what are you seeing? Are you seeing a little few signs of a softening in the real estate market in Omaha? Yeah. So all across the country, where we've been over the last two to two and a half years is we've been in a seller's market. So there's been very little inventory. But then what you also see across the country is there's a lot of builders that are still making homes. Right. So you wonder, okay, well, what happens if we do go into a recession? Because people won't be able to afford these new construction homes. And even here in Omaha, you know, the average new construction home is probably around 400 to 425,000 somewhere in that range. So you start to wonder what will happen. Now, I always say, you know, when people ask me, how's the market? I always say the market is great because the market is always great for someone. If you're in a seller's market, the market's great for you, obviously. But if we go into a recession, people who have saved up, people who have or do have, you know, a a line of credit or HELOC or something like that, they're able, or even obviously if you have cash liquid that you can invest into, but they're going to be able to use that money to buy up more property. And you always, you never want to buy when everyone else is buying. And you want to buy when everyone's selling. And so I even say that when people talk about investing, it's like, okay, even if the market crashes and you own, you know, a good amount of properties, um, you don't really have to worry about that because unless you need to sell tomorrow, the real estate market will come back up. You know, and they say the the best time to buy real estate was 20 years ago. The second right. best time to buy real estate is today. So, you know, you want to you want to wait. And, and if you can own the land, you're going to be, you know, best off. But if not owning the real estate, as long as you don't need to sell, I think that it's great. So even if we hit a little bit of a recession, I still think that a lot of people are going to be OK as long as they bought their property. Right. You make money when you buy in real estate, not when you sell. Awesome. Um, Million dollar listing Omaha. I don't know. Bravo might have a new show uh, coming (laughs) coming to you starring Casanova. Um, What are your what what would you say is your five year plan? Do you want to stay within real estate or, you know, at the end of the day, you're talking about like it's about connections. It's about relationships. Um, Where else are you curious? What are their explorations are on tap for you? 
Yeah, I appreciate you asking that. So here in Omaha, there's a big conference. It used to be called Big Omaha. So Gary V, about eight or nine years ago, before he blew up, he they got him to come here and be a keynote. Now it's been a lot tougher. But anyway, they've revamped this conference and uh, they haven't announced it yet, but it should be announced here in the next week. And so I'm emceeing this entire conference and there's some big names that are coming. So I'm super excited about that. But what's the next goal for me is to really find more stages where I can impact and influence. So speaking on entrepreneurship, speaking on, you know, sales and marketing and and also just inspiring other people with my story because I'm the same as anyone else, right? I've just built the relationships and that's the same way that I that I got a hold of you, I would say, right? Just being persistent, you know, making sure that I didn't have a fear that I reached out and if you if you or anyone else was to ever say no, that's it. sometimes we're always in our head because it's like, oh, if I reach out and that person says no or this person rejects me like, oh my God, I'll feel so bad. But you got to understand that you're in no worse off spot than where you were before that person said no or rejected. So for me, I think that's the next big thing is for me to get onto stages, be able to impact and influence and, 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 uh, do, I think what my calling is, because I say all the time, real estate, it's great. It's allowed me to have a lot of success, but real estate is my, what and my how it's what I do and how I make my money, but it's not my why. You know, my why is to be able to live a life by my design, be able to have financial freedom. So my decisions are never based off of money, but more of the impact and the value that I can give. Wow. And you're 31 years old. So profound. You've lived. Do you feel like you've lived a lot like a a life? Um, I feel like the things that you've experienced, right? I feel as though have really accelerated your maturity and your also like your sensibility on just life. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. So I would be honest to tell you that it wasn't always this way, right? I'm an inner city Chicago kid um, growing up without a father, raised by a single mom. Then they made the decision to move me to Sioux City, Iowa. And so that was a huge culture shock because I never, before we moved to Sioux City, Iowa, I never saw anybody who didn't look like me unless we were downtown Chicago doing some type of, you know, at at a big library. So you see tourists or um, if I saw them on TV. So I never saw people who didn't look like me, but I was very fortunate that my parents made that decision because what that taught me was that I didn't gr- I didn't grow up with an ignorant mindset. That's, that was to say, if you did not look like me, that you couldn't be with me, you had to be against me. And so from there, I just really started to focus on relationships because I, I was like, okay. And, and talking about Warren Buffett, this was one of the greatest things that I ever heard about Warren Buffett. And so I guess he was at a, a conference or he was on a panel one day and someone asked Warren, they said, Warren, how do you know when you've truly been successful in life? And so for a lot of people that know Warren, he doesn't really talk about afterlife and everything else. Um, he just, he doesn't do it. He's here and now type guy. But he said, you'll never know when you've truly been successful until you die. And then you see how many people attend your funeral. And everybody's like, wow, like Warren Buffett's talking about death. And he said, but more importantly, you'll never know how how truly successful that you've been in life until you see how many people cry at your funeral, because those are the people that you've truly impacted their lives. And I was just like, wow. When I heard that, I was like, that's 100 percent right. Like it did all of the at the end of the day, what what's in my mind is no matter what. I don't want to get to 70 and I don't want to have any regret. 
And so I know that I got to go after everything that they said I couldn't have. I got to be it. Just like you said, if we look at my success, real estate didn't just start my success. Like I before I got into real estate, I took a risk and I became a digital marketing consultant for a Fortune 500 company here in Omaha. Within nine months, I wound up finishing number eight in the entire company and in inside sales and uh, did more money in, in my center than anybody else. And that was kind of crazy. I was getting all of these awards. And then even before that, I was at a car dealership and I sold cars where I knew nothing about cars, just like digital marketing and real estate. But um, within six months, I got car salesman of the month, two months in a row. I just came off my first 10K month and I beat out 27 other sales reps between like two locate or three locations. Um, so from there, and, and that was like my first ever real job, but I probably tell you I've had I would say 16 or 17 different jobs where I was just trying to find my way. So I was always feeling like I was a lost kid, but I always knew that that if I just kept pushing that I could be successful because it's all about persistence, right? And I heard from a good friend of mine one day we were having coffee and he owns a multi-million dollar company here in Omaha and he said, "I want you to know that res- that persistence respects persistence." And I was like, he was like, do you know what I mean? And then I was like, well, I, I kind of get it. He was like, if you think about anybody that you know that's very successful, the reason why they're successful is because they had to be relentless and persistent on their journey to get to where they are today. Most people weren't given anything. So if you're persistent, eventually they will come around and they'll see, wow, this kid is really hustling. And they'll be able to put themselves in your shoes, even at a small taste, because they know what it was like for them if they're being honest and genuine. And so for me, that's what I've always just focused on is just being persistent, relentless and making sure that I add value and never letting anybody tell me that something's not possible because it always looks impossible until that one person does it. And in the beginning, they'll ask ask you why you're doing it. And then the end, they'll ask you how you did it. Yes. One of your quotes is, uh, as long as it's a calculated risk, take it. Don't look back. Absolutely. Yes. That's Absolutely. A, that's a good I, money I mantra. It. What'd you say? I said, that's a pretty good money mantra. Absolutely. Because the reason why I love that is because no matter what the risk is that you're taking, whether it's financial, or it's not. If you think about it, the only way that you're going to know if it was successful or not, everybody has a different path. And there's so many different elements and factors that go with every single risk. So you can never compare your risk to someone else's. But whether it was financial or not, if you were to fail, you have to ask yourself, what's the worst that can happen? And for me, when I ask myself that question, what's the worst that can happen? I lay out all the things, but it's like, can you bounce back from this? Especially if we're talking about money, you absolutely can bounce back from it. We can always make more money, but the memories, even if it was bad ones, you'll look back on this three, four, five, seven years from now. And you'll be like, man, I remember, and you're going to laugh about it. You're like, I remember I did all this and this and this. And as long as you were ethical, you're not going to have any problem with it. And, and you're going to, you're going to really be so much more appreciative. And that's the way that you'll have the stories to be able to tell your grandchildren or your, you know, your, your grandchildren children's friends or whatever. Like, let me tell you this. When I was young, you know, and those are the people who we admire the most, our elders who have all these stories because they've accomplished so many things. But even so, the things that they didn't accomplish, they have experiences around them. And it's like, wow, you took that leap. And it's like, oh, yeah, I didn't know how I was going to make it, but I did it. And, and then we just absolutely love it. I love it because what you're building is not just a life, but a legacy. And that is where... I think it's also the difference between being rich and being wealthy. 
right? Um, right. So I've learned so much from you, Casanova, and I know my audience has too. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes. Thank you for having me on. This was a huge, huge pleasure for me. I've followed your podcast for about the last nine, 10 months now, and I try to listen to it religiously. I've learned so much from it, even from the small episodes that you're doing, you know, like the one that you did about is a college degree worth it and and so many things on the on the personal side. So I feel like I've learned so much from you, as I'm sure the rest of your audience has. And uh, I was just grateful that you allowed me to come on here and share my experiences with your audience and I appreciate you for that. Thank you so much, Casanova. Everybody stay tuned for After the Music. I'll share more where you can learn about Casanova Brooks. Hope your day is so money, Casanova. Yes, I I hope it is as well. I got another appointment right after this. And so I'm excited about it, but I'm more excited and appreciative to be here today with you. To learn more about Casanova, check out CasanovaBrooks.com. He's on Instagram at Casanova underscore Brooks. By the way, you can actually get a free copy of his book, Real Estate, Play the Game Like the Winners. Head over to realestatelikethewinners.com slash free book. And all you have to do is pay for shipping. We have that link over at somoneypodcast.com as well. And while you're there, click on Ask for News. Let me know what's on your money mind. I am looking for questions for the Friday episodes and you are the source. So please help me out. Let me know how I can help you, whether it's concerning debt, saving, investing, your career, affording a family, affording affording college, affording your business. I got a few opinions. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And I hope your day is so money. 